Welcome to In the Name of Game. Welcome once again to In the Name of Game, a video game podcast. Today is the 9th of June, 2012. And hey everybody, welcome once again to In the Name of Game. I'm your host, Iggy. And I'm the only co-host again, Colin. <laughs> yeah. It's David a... and Adam have been really bad lately. Well, Adam's like disappeared off the planet once again. <laughs> yeah. He, he comes back to Earth maybe once a month. When his employers uh, allow it. Yeah. <laughs> when, he's, when, he's, when, he's on, when he's on uh, when he's on planet. Yes. Because you know, they send him far away. And they send him to far away amazing places. And he really loves his job. It's, it's like Moon. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's a bunch of... Oh, wait. I don't want to spoil that. Because that's a good movie. It so. is a good movie. But it's pretty old. So maybe we'll spoil it. No, 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 no. Let's not do that. Okay. So <laughs> this week was E3. Really? I, Yes, and I had a chance to go for two days, so I'm about ready to talk about it. But before we do that, we have some really quick news topics kind of related to... Um, what a little people... bit of it is E3. Yeah, E3 related, mostly, mm-hmm. but uh, still still worthwhile. So um, Colin is still uh, flip-flopping about SimCity. Oh my god. Ugh. I see that. What's that? Would you like to explain that? <laughs> I'd like to explain that. I'd love to explain. I can go on for, for hours, but I think it'll keep it pretty short. Um, number one is I love SimCity, and I love SimCity since I was probably about 10 years old. And seeing it be rebooted and kind of go back to its roots a little bit really makes me happy. Number two is they have proper online collaboration this time. Not In the past, they used to – like with SimCity 3000 and SimCity 4 – you'd have like a little button you'd push in the game and it would just send you to EA's website and you could download shit manually. But this one, it seems seems that they're going to be offering real-time collaboration on cities, which would be a lot nicer. Now, the downtime, the downside of that, though, is... The downside of that is, well, the big uh, the big EA, the big Enema, right? Oh, I, can't stand, uh, I can't stand electronic arts. And I think the biggest thing that sticks in my craw is the fact that... Um, they're going to have always on DRM, which means that it's going to use Origin. And I have not put Origin on my my, my, uh, my machine at home. I'm not going to put Origin on my machine at home. So it means I don't get to have to play SimCity. There you go. And I'm yeah. saying it right here. If it, if, I, if there's a pirate you know, method, I will use it because well, I'm don't. not going to give that company any money. I'm saying it right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying That's, it. Uh, okay. They're losing their business. They Probably not why the smartest thing to brag about. But no, all right. I'm, not, I'm not bragging. I'm telling them why they're losing my business. Right. They're not going to get my $60 by doing that shit. Well, this is their way of trying to force... I mean, if you think about it, um, a lot of multiplayer... Actually, almost all multiplayer games on Steam kind of require that, you know, obviously, you be uh, connected to Steam so that you could connect to these things. However, mm-hmm. uh, they always do the nice thing where if you're playing single-player or offline, you obviously don't need to be on Steam. Right. Whereas with well, they have EA, an offline mode, right, right, yeah. but EA or Origin rather um, doesn't really want to offer this. Like there may be some games that do, but for the majority of the time, they seem to want you to be logged in all the time. Like even with um, with Mass Effect Three, even if you only want to do single player, yeah. I believe you still need to be connected to Origin. You I do. know there's some ways around it, like. There are people that have uploaded EXE files for, you know, like the main EXE file that will basically bypass Origin. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if they're going to try to or if they've already made an update that will, you know, mess up your ability to do that. But I don't know. 
I, I think that's really wrong, though. And that's what a lot of yeah. people, like what we talked about, I think, last week or the week before, were pissed about uh, Diablo 3. Because it's yeah. like, let me get this straight. If I want to play an offline, single-player version of Diablo 3, I still have to be connected to a server. Yeah. Which... Stupid. I mean, I guess you could say that their excuse might be like, well, how would you talk to your friends, blah, blah, blah. But say, for example, I don't give a shit about, you know, communicating with my friends when I just want to play a quick uh, bit of Diablo 3. I well, still Blizz- have to be- Blizzard's, Blizzard's uh, Battle.net's, you know, social features and that's strong because... Pro tip, it only has three games on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's only Blizzard games. It's like, And it's okay, still so. constantly going down. I mean, I haven't yeah. touched Diablo for about a week. But um, even then, like people were, weren't able to play like half the time because it would be down. Yeah. Or there'd be a, a, a whole host of different kinds of error codes for like why they couldn't connect. Yeah. Or, you know, why they would get disconnected. Yeah. So pretty shitty. Um. Anyway, I'm, you know, I'm extremely, extremely, extremely cautiously optimistic about SimCity. I think we should just leave it at that. You know, I'm, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, but I know I've been bitten in the ass in the past when I bind a hype, and I'm not going to do that ever again. Well, did you see the E3 trailer? It looked pretty cool. Yeah, it does. I mean, it does look cool. I'm not. I'm not saying that it doesn't look cool. Right. No, I'm but not I, saying I'm saying that that's I'm not still the, the temptation, like because yeah. it looks like they've kind of revamp the the look of it and how it functions well that's 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 the feel that's the feeling you know that picture of fry from futurama with his money take my money damn it you know that's what i feel sometimes but then i remember ea and i think more of that picture of fry where he's glaring (laughs) yeah rescinding his money yep um so so there's that and that's kind of a lot of ea because uh they also had that lovely battlefield premium announcement that somehow oh, sounded worse than the the Call of Duty Elite one. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that that's a tall order to do that. <laughs> well, the other thing that killed me was at the press conference, um, they'd have the whole thing about how you get more levels and, and more customizations and more this and that. And then how much is this going to cost you? Forty nine ninety nine. So it's like a oh, year. I, I presume so, right? Oh, but. My uh, God. That's so crafty of them. They're, they're essentially getting a full game's price out of you. Every year. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I, I don't agree with that. Hey, watch. You'll you you know you'll come like a year or two down the road when you pay for a subscription on that, and then Battlefield Four or Battlefield whatever the fuck comes out, and then mm-hmm. you buy you buy a whole year, and then all of a sudden EA is like, oh, by the way, we're shutting down the servers for Battlefield Three. That's the, yeah, exactly. That's one of that guys. But uh, that's what I hate about these sorts of things because people that are into those games will feel feel pressured to uh, yeah. subscribe because if you don't, that means you'll be playing without that whole host of things and somebody's probably going to be kicking your ass or getting access to you know a map that you don't have and yeah. that never works well for multiplayer. It's a divide and conquer strategy. Yeah, I think that the you know when I first started playing TF2, I used to play on the Xbox and I remember that a big complaint that Valve had with. This doesn't, you know, this kind of has to do with like the the divide and conquer thing. Is that uh, Val was afraid of releasing all the uh, class packs individually because Microsoft was going to force them to charge right. money right. to keep people from downloading, and that would divide the community into different pieces. You know, so I don't understand like where you know a company like Valve says no, we don't want to do this, but then EA or um, Activision like embraces this. It's well, strange. It, it comes down to greed. Like as we've noticed before with Valve, since they're self-funded, they can totally decide whether or not to impose these things on their customers. Mm-hmm. And they're not I mean at least it seems like they're not quite as as money hungry as a lot of these huge publishers. 
You know, they're, yeah. they're probably just making, they're already making a lot with Steam, so they're probably at a really comfortable level where they can still expand and they're, you know, profiting. But one thing that they're smart about is they realize happy gamers will often be more than willing to give them money instead of them leeching money out of the gamers. I think, you know, like, um, where's that? what's that old saying? You get more honey with... No you get more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. Exactly. I think that's mm-hmm. that's the example here. You know, it's like EA is offering you vinegar, and for some reason you kind of want it. I don't know why. But then <laughs> Valve's over here with like, here, I just have all our honey. And they're like, oh, fuck, can I give you money for it? <laughs> you know? I'll buy that honey. It's an unusual thing. i got to buy that honey before Dave eats it all. Oh, God. Here we go. Okay, next, that- next story. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I didn't actually get to see at E3 that I know that Colin was uh, showing me a post about was the Indiecade. Yeah. Um, did you actually read about that tour? I did read about it, and I think <laughs> that, well, I mean, I think that, you know, if you're a regular listener on the show, I think you know where my loyalties lie with some of the companies that I like. There aren't many big ones left, and I think that a lot of these independent developers are kind of the future. Um, I don't know what else to say besides that, and it, I'm, I guess I'm kind of glad that 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 independent developers are getting a little recognition at a big event like E3. But at the same time, I feel like it's a token thing to keep them appeased and keep them in the in the pockets of the bigger companies. I think you know. Yeah, it, it's it's a tricky thing. I mean, we're we're going to talk about Journey a little bit later, but uh, I think it's still vital that um, a lot of these indie devs get some sort of recognition or notice. Mm-hmm. Just because they're often the ones that bring something new to the table that a lot of the, the big boys don't really think about doing or aren't uh, comfortable with trying. Yeah. So hopefully they stick around for a while. I hope so. Especially, especially that game company. Ooh, I was so bummed to find out that Journey. Well, I guess I'll say that later. Yeah, well, we'll talk about it after we finish. I'm really ex- did you finally play Journey? I'm really excited. Yes, we're going to discuss it. Um after a little E3 wrap up here. So, okay. Yeah. And also, uh, speaking of flashy things, um, <laughs> so basically Square made a, uh, a presented a tech, quote-unquote, tech demo, real-time tech demo for, um, I guess, whatever their new engine is supposed to, not engine, their new capabilities are. Yeah. Um, it's called Agni's Philosophy. It's a, I won't lie, it's a pretty-looking demo. But it also, to me, looked like a pretty-looking short film. Like, I, I didn't realize while I was watching it that this was supposedly real-time, uh, a real-time... Not, not a pre-rendered video. Yeah, it definitely yeah. feels like a pre-rendered video. So yeah. I would love to see if they could prove somehow it actually functioning in real-time. Like, this must be a PC, for example. Like, I really doubt you could get this kind of stuff out of, you know, say a PS3. Definitely not a 360. Yeah. So, unless that's for one of the next-gen systems that they're not revealing, perhaps. Um, but it, it looks good. But it, it also kind of reminds me of kind of what Square Enix is all about now. Like, you know, before, when they made Spirits Within, those kind of things, they always were toying with the cutscenes. Yeah. And making certain things pop, like the older Final Fantasy games and that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. still with the basic you know, gameplay not looking as good as the final rendered stuff. And it, now it feels like with every game that comes out, they want more and more for that clean rendered look to be a larger part of the game. So it's like you play less, 
but then you had to watch more. And it's always that, what does 4chan call it? Beltan zipper stuff. Beltan zipper, Beltan zipper. <laughs> it's like somebody with really pretty hair and clothing and all this stuff is just yeah. effortless, effortlessly kicking somebody's ass. But this video wasn't as bad on that front. No, 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 it wasn't. No. But it does remind me of that because yeah. that's what they used to do. Well, that's just, that's like their animation style. It's like, it's not even so evident in the character designs in this video that you saw. But it's yeah. really evident, like in the designs of the characters themselves, if that makes any sense. No. Yeah, I, I like not, not 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 in the design of the characters themselves. I'm sorry, but like in the in the way the the characters move about, like you can see it, like it right. looks the same as it did, like in within in Spirits Within and stuff like that. Or even like Advent Children or something. Yeah. But I don't. I'm not a big fan of the direction that this is usually heading for them because it's like just like Advent Children and Final Fantasy VII. It's like there's a clear divide between what they're trying to achieve in both things. Like, Advent Children, yeah, granted, it was just a movie. Yeah. Already was showcasing a lot of, like, that shift in visuals and overall style that Square has kind of embraced now. It's like hip, quasi-J-pop, you know, like, uh, stuff that doesn't feel like their earlier attempts at things. And yeah. I, I obviously it's still popular with somebody, but it's becoming know. a lot less popular with me. <laughs> I think it's gotten a lot less popular with most people I know. Like, I guess it's what separates. Like, I hate saying this. I guess it's what separates the uh, the gamers from the people who um, enjoy. <laughs> sort of. I was thinking more people are interested in more in the visual stylings of Square nowadays, especially like when it comes to Nomura, the guy who does a lot of the right. character design. I think he does a lot of the story for Kingdom Hearts, which is why I probably hate it so much. But um, I don't know. I feel. I feel like if if they would abandon game production altogether and just stuck to like animation. Like that's what they were thinking. That's what I think that's what they were hoping to do with Spirits Within. I remember that they were talking about opening up like an animation wing of Square, which would be pretty fucking sweet well, actually. Because because they're, they're they're like Blizzard in that they make really really good in-house pre-rendered animations. Mm -hmm. Them and Blizzard make the best one. Well, if if Spirits Within hadn't flopped, they probably would have gone ahead with that. But because it it basically failed financially, yeah. you know, that kind of didn't leave them a a lot of places to go to, but um, the movie wasn't that bad, actually. No, no, but I think I'm feeling deja vu. Did we talk about this before? No, I don't think we've talked about spirits. Um, the problem I had with spirits within was uh, not necessarily the message, but just the presentation. Like, don't call it Final Fantasy if you're not yeah. going to actually have a lot of Final Fantasy elements in it. Like, yeah. granted, obviously, f each Final Fantasy game is not connected to the previous one, with the exception of you know. 10-2 or like you know how that I still laugh at that every time 13-2 or whatever 13 kind of <laughs> shit that they're doing but I mean like in general that's the understood thing I know that but uh, it did not feel like Final Fantasy it almost felt kind of like some kind of Starship Troopers or some sort of like it's sci-fi obviously yeah. but not enough on the fantasy side what I do think connected with me and a lot of people either don't agree or, the, or it's not enough for them was the whole um, the theme because all the th a lot of the games do have that whole like humans and technology versus planet and nature and that sort of yeah. thing and that's yeah. what the movie did right because they did uh, retain that whole you know the conflict but mm. other than that <laughs> there was a lot of stuff that did not uh, carry over well so it was a good effort I do think they, oh God, they spent way too much time on her fucking hair because yeah. they made everybody but a Aki uh, look like real people. And then obviously since Aki was completely 
fabricated, she looked the least realistic to me. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. you have amazing skin texture, but there's something off about her face. It's the like, Uncanny Valley. Uncanny Valley mixed yeah. with trying to make her look slightly anime. Uh, like, I, I wouldn't say, like, you know, anime obviously... I, I'm not saying it just because it was like a Japanese film or whatever, but like they are—they're trying to accentuate elements on a that on a, a real woman might not be quite so cutesy or or, yeah. or perfect. Or just look strange in the real world. Yeah, and plus her yeah. hair—the physics for the hair was wrong. Like it's almost like they're trying to do like a Miyazaki thing, where you know, like when a character in his films gets mad, the hair like floats up. Yeah. Like almost as if it's an extension of their feelings or something. With yeah. her, it wasn't necessarily that. It was just that whenever a fucking light breeze flew around her hair, it would go like, woof, like <laughs> it would be way too dramatic of an effect. And then it distracts you, yeah. you know, to keep looking at that stuff, which is not what it should do. Like any animator knows that. Uh oh, here we go. Being, six <laughs> being <laughs> successful at your craft means that people don't say, Oh my god, look at that animation. That was so awesome. If you did your job right, they won't think about it while they're watching it. They'll accept it. And it'll yes. be as natural to them as, you know, seeing some dude walk across the street or whatever. After the fact, they could be like, oh my god, that was beautiful. But if you did it right, they won't be fixated on the animation itself. It'll spread the me message the way it should. Um, and in this case, spirits within flop because people kept noticing that shit. <laughs> it's all mo-capped and it's all, you know, really over the top with the effects. And it was a nice effort, but no. Anyway, but uh, that's that's not E3 related. That's a square related. Um, so they had some interesting showings. I actually got a, a chance to play this short ass 10 minute demo of Nino Kuni. Oh boy, here we go. Yeah, well, how was it? Um... <sighs> What sucks is, okay, first of all, I picked, they let you, I guess we're going just right into the wrap-up, since that was, okay, that was the news, everybody, <laughs> the, <laughs> the E3 news, I'm, I'm going to talk about my E3 experience now. So, for the Nino Kuni uh, booth, I guess if you could call it that, it was really just a wall with the screens, um, they had two different parts of the game you could try. One, from what I was viewing on other people's things, looked a lot more like, um, kind of just walking around a town, not necessarily combat related. And so I figured, okay, I need to try the other one that's in this like pig town. Mm -hmm. Like there's a little hog pig. And the the leader of the pig town is called Hamelin. Oh, so I'm like, <laughs> is that on purpose? <laughs> Whatever. Of course it looks like Miyazaki style. So like the little animal people are cute and yeah. you have that little like, this I forgot what his name is. It's this weird little long nosed character, like a tiny character that follows you around. He has like a, a lantern on his nose or something. Yeah. Um, the Miyazaki designer was it just Ghibli? It it might mm. just be Ghibli, but they yeah. clearly mimic. Well, I mean, his... yeah, it's his studio, so I mean, it, yeah. it's going to look like him. But and what's weird is they even mimicked like how it's animated too. They have that whole like, um, you know, when he wants to, he can do really beautiful fluid animation. But most of the time, it's that weird kind of anime thing where you mm. see the mouths just kind of open, close, open, close. Like it's not really. Uh, it almost feels like they it's... Don't, they seem to like use less frames in American, yeah. than Western animation. Or yeah. when he wants to, right? It's the Miyazaki less frame look, if that makes yeah. sense, you know? Yeah. Um, and for a game, I guess it's okay. It makes sense. But it is a little weird. They will have full 2D animated cutscenes for certain events. But they mm -hmm. also have the uh, cel-shaded 3D for the majority of the game. And it clearly does not look as good as the 2D <laughs> stuff. <laughs> like, there's just something about the tune-shaded 
shader that uh, feels a little it's not smooth like it feels kind of jagged like god i wish they had some anti-aliasing like i was playing a ps3 version but it didn't anti-alias it it didn't feel like they anti-aliased it at all maybe it would look like shit yeah that's the problem so when you were close up when i'm I'm really close to the screen so it makes it more noticeable (laughs) and you're running around you're like ah god this this i can see what they're going for it just didn't look very good. Anyway, but the, and the combat, I had no idea what was going on in the combat. Apparently, you can summon these little guys, these little creatures to help you, but I didn't know how to do it, and sometimes they just randomly came out. Hmm. So it, it sort of, at first, reminded me a bit of, like, um, I don't know, like, you know, Grandia or something, where you can run yeah. around while the battle is happening, mm-hmm. mixed with, uh, like, a real-time menu system. Like some kind of Final Fantasy thing. Like, you can run around if you want, and then you press a button to bring up the whole, like, uh, attack, magic, tactics, whatever, and then do that. Well, there's a DS version, too, in there. Uh, I believe so. I, I think didn't, that, I didn't I, see it. They're, they're not releasing that one in America, right? I think it's just a PS3 version. DS? Um, yeah. Because I remember that, that one version, it must have been the DS version, that came with a book. That you would draw, you know, you would draw on the one screen of the DS and it would cast that spell, right? It would, you, oh, that's you would cool. get the book, yeah, and you would it would have patterns in the book. You just draw and it cast that spell. Yeah, I didn't see that cool. that kind of thing for this though, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, it felt pretty basic. But it also felt like maybe that's not the rep- best representation of the game, just because I only had ten minutes. So I was literally running through the town because I'm like, okay, I only have ten minutes. I know I need to, like, trigger a battle scene, but there's all these people and stuff that I could talk to, but that's just wasting time. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I kind of wish I could have spent a little bit more time, like, actually experiencing the game itself. And they toss you in at what's clearly not the beginning of the game either. So you already yeah. have these characters you don't know anything about, and uh, it just felt really strange. I mean, I know, obviously, they do that for a lot of demos, but in this particular case where it felt like you really wanted to know more of the story... It was a bit of a bizarre choice. It's a Miyazaki movie. Of course I want to know the story. Yeah. yeah. They're always good. But, uh, yeah, so, okay, that was Nino Kuni. Um, and then I had a chance to... Some of the lines were just too goddamn long. Like, they had a really long line for Borderlands... Borderlands? Borderlands 2. And That's maybe also because you could get, like, a, uh, a free shirt <laughs> for playing it. But <laughs> Did you get any swag this year? Uh, actually... We'll save that for later. We'll do it at the end. Well, no, 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 no. I don't, no. This I don't know if you want a giveaway. It's part of... No, no, I'm keeping it. I'm sorry. <laughs> this, time we'll around, this time around, is a little f- few and far between with the cool things, so I wasn't able mm. to, to snag any extras, unfortunately. Um, but I, I would like to talk about them. So the big surprise for me this year was the um, area for Disney Interactive was actually pretty cool. So they're coming out with Epic Mickey 2. Mm-hmm. I didn't play Epic Mickey 1, but I heard it was, you know, not bad, but it just didn't do as well as they were hoping, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, this one will be multi-console, which is not a huge surprise. I'm actually glad. I just I'm kind of glad about that, too. I wish the first one had been multi-console, because then they could have, you know, pushed it a lot more and been more interesting. I mean, because you know it's bad when they have to brag on the second game that, oh, we'll have full voice acting this time. Which is like, oh, you, we, the Wii is so shitty that they couldn't have full voice <laughs> That sounds what like what they think in releasing it only on the Wii. It sounds like an old, like a last gen problem, you know, last <laughs> gen issues. Like Epic Mickey released in two thousand four. Yeah, but uh, so this time around, they were talking about uh, you know you get the 
I hate the phrase, but they were saying it constantly, the power of two, because you, you can play as both Oswald and Mickey Mouse. Mm-hmm. So you can have a you know a friend or whoever that's hanging out with you just join in at any time, which is cool. Yeah, because uh, I, I I know it, it kind of actually reminds me of uh, Sonic Two in a way. Like Tails is always there, right? If you pick the Sonic Tails option. Yeah. But like you could have someone grab the. Oh wait, could you do that with Sonic Two, or did you actually? You have could, to- but I mean Tails. If you couldn't keep, I mean Tails couldn't keep up because he's slower. Right, right. So I mean, if he disappeared off screen, you'd like fly into the screen and stuff like that. But I mean, yeah, you could, you could play definitely. Yeah, so it kind of harkens back to like that sort of feel where you could have someone just watching you and then be like, "Hey, I want to try this and join in." Yeah. Um, so that seems pretty cool. Uh, a little nerdy side note is that they have Frank Welker as the voice of Oswald. <laughs> Which I thought was kind of cool. Like, <laughs> you can hear him in the demo, and yeah. he sounds vaguely like like uh, Freddy from Scooby Doo. Yeah. Like okay, that's Frank Welker for sure. No, no question about that. Um, but what was neat at the booth itself was that the the swag for uh for Epic Mickey Two was a pair of Oswald ears. You know, like Mickey Mouse ears, but Oswald ones. So they're like yeah. rabbit rabbit versions. Yeah. So that was fun to get, and they were surprisingly organized with that line. What I couldn't get, which seemed like the prized possession for anybody that actually got one, was uh, they were randomly giving out Wreck-It Ralph shirts. And I was like, oh, God, I want to get one of those, and Chase really wanted one too, but we just uh, kept missing whenever they were giving it out, and at a certain point, there just weren't any more. But yeah, I actually... This is not necessarily game related, but it's Disney related. I didn't know that much about Wreck It Ralph, so I was. I had never heard of it before this. Oh, before, really? Okay, so it's no. it's Disney, not, not Pixar, but Disney's. Well, I know I know what it's about now. But I mean, before E three, I hadn't heard anything about it. Oh, Absolutely I I actually that, this was the first time I had seen like an actual trailer for it, and uh, mm-hmm. I was pleasantly surprised. The idea, the premise is pretty cool. Like, oh, I'm a bad guy that doesn't want to be a bad guy anymore. And um, what's funny is there's cameos of actual video game bad guys. So there's like yeah. a, a bad guy anonymous meeting that has like Bowser and the little ghost from Pac-Man and Zangief and somebody that looks like Kano, but I, <laughs> but just different enough because he has like a claw arm because I kept insisting to Chase like, dude, he's got the, the red eye metal thing on the on the correct side of his head. It's got to be Kano. Um, but yeah, there's like a little bad guys anonymous thing. Where they're talking about like, oh, it sucks to be hated all the time, and and then he says like, oh, I, I wish I could try being a good guy for once, and then everyone goes what, and then Bowser accidentally like barfs out a fireball, and the little ghost turns all freaked out and all that stuff. <laughs> it's cute. So I'm sure they're going to make a game, like a full blown game of it once it actually comes out. They do have an iPad game that they were kind of teasing at the booth where. You can play like the actual eight bit Wreck It Ralph kind of Donkey Kong looking thing. Uh, have you seen that? Like what it looks what like? What game is it based on? I couldn't. Is that Primal Rage? The one where you climb the building and smash it up? Oh no no no! Um, shit! It has monsters in it. Primal yeah. <laughs> Rage is the fighting game with the dinosaurs, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. What no, the? Um, what am I thinking of? It's we'll not, think about it. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, we need we have we're, we're pressed for time, so right, exactly. But um, it, it looks promising, and if they did a decent video game conversion of of the whole adventure, that that'd be interesting to see. But I don't know the specifics on that. So there was that. Um, there were a lot of, you know, what's weird, is that there was a lot that they talked about in the press conferences, 
earlier in the week. But mm-hmm. then when I actually went to E3, it seemed really calm and they're just I don't I can't explain it. It didn't seem like there was that much going on. Like I was it's, you know, let me let me tell you about what it's like. Let me let me let me, let me give you the outsiders. This E3 seemed like really, really fucking boring from an, from an outsider's perspective. I mean, there were games, obviously, yeah. that people were curious about. Like, I couldn't even get near the fucking Assassin's Creed 3 line because that was probably the longest line that I saw, at least on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I didn't bother trying again on Thursday. Um, but, uh, yeah, the... There were some games that I'm like, well, this is almost kind of a given that it's going to be good. Assassin's Creed 3, by the way, from the gameplay that I did watch, essentially looks like it's doing the same quality jump that 1 did going into 2. Mm-hmm. So it's like a lot of the same moves, uh, just better things. to Like his parkour is fucking superior in every way to uh, Ezio's in um, 2. Like he actually can climb on trees yeah. now. He can climb on masts and stuff of, of ships and... It's really awesome, and his his animation is just gorgeous. Like it's very smooth. It's very convincing. Uh, he's supposed he, to be a he's supposed to be a native, right? I think I believe he's half Mohawk and half English. Yeah. Yeah. How does that? I mean, does that like work into it at all? I don't know. Well, like he's they keep uh, building up the whole like, oh, you're going to be friends with George Washington and all this shit. But uh, they also emphasize that it's not really him against one side. He's he's essentially against whoever he's against. So that could be English people. It could be Americans. You know, they're they're not. Uh, when they make like, him against the Templar. Yeah. Yeah. So it could I be mean, both. That's the thing. That's <laughs> exactly. That's the his enemy. Is not you know everyone else's enemy. His em- enemy will always be Templars, just like any other good assassin. The thing that's cool, and I'm really kind of pissed that it's just going to be on a portable system, is they're making sort of a uh, a complimentary game. Oh, the pirate one. No, no, no it's not pirate. <laughs> she no, looks the, like a the pirate. woman. That's what I mean. It looked like a pirate. The it's, woman it's, that looks it's like that a pirate. Tri- Tricorder hat or whatever. Tri- yeah, tricorn. It's called tricorn. Tricorder. That's a, yeah. that's a Star Trek thing, isn't it? Tricorder. Um, <laughs> tricorn hat. Which actually, I, I hope that she can wear a hood at some point because that would look really awesome to see too. So her name is Aveline. And um, she's. An, she looks like a badass. I think she's half new. She's from New Orleans. I think it actually takes place in New Orleans. I think she's half French and half. Should make her like kind of African. <laughs> The mulatto, yeah. But she looks awesome, and she's got double blades and all that stuff. So the the only thing that doesn't seem, amongst all the things that don't seem historically accurate, is that you would think people would be like, why is she wearing pants? Like, how many people really wear pants in that time period? Wasn't it still a lot of dresses and skirts? Yeah, it was, but I mean... And I'm I mean, sure she'll do that for, like... Dis- but that's why she's a badass. She's breaking the, she's breaking the fucking rules, damn right. it. She fucking... Yeah murders people really quick yeah. uh, but what sucks is this is going to be it's assassin's creed 3 revelation or not revelation liberation mm-hmm. and it's going to be on the ps vita so you know in one way it's good because it's making people like me think like oh shit maybe i want to get a vita but it also sucks because they will like i i'm sure they're not going to get nearly as many sales with this game as they could if it, um was either an add-on or a console game altogether for, you know, like PS3 or whatever. Or because the main character is a woman. Well, there's a lot of... This is what sucks about society today. Despite everybody making it seem like we're all super progressive and like, oh, we're so much better than the previous generation, there were a lot of fucking idiot fans that were bitching about the fact that either she was a woman, she was black, 
She was black. Seriously? <laughs> yes. So how do you feel about that as a black woman? I'm curious. Well, I was fucking thrilled at first because I'm like, wow, you guys actually stepped outside the box a little bit. I'm surprised. But then I knew other people would be like, it's not a badass dude. This is shit. But that's not true. And and even dumber people going like, wait a minute, does that mean that Desmond can't be, <laughs> you know, like as if it has to be a guy ancestor to do the, the memories thing? Like, why can't it also be a woman? Obviously, Are he has retarded? female ancestors. Are they retarded? I mean, do they not? Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's very disappointing. And what sucks <sighs> to me is like I'm I'm actually very glad that Ubisoft took what what technically is a risk, but I wish I didn't have to call it a risk with this kind of thing. It's such a joke that you have to. Ugh. But if that's 20, 2012. We're still talking about this. Yeah, no, this was shitty. Like I I legitimately I hope that it does well, and I may just go ahead and buy a Vita when it comes to it, just you know to show some support for it, provided the reviews are good. Because this is one thing I don't want to just be buying the game just because of the content. Like I want to make sure like the game itself is you know, worth playing. Mm-hmm. So that is the catch. Um, I'm not going to be like, yay, black woman, buy the game. <laughs> I'm going to have to make sure I like it. Uh, but yeah, okay, so that was Ubisoft's thing. I didn't get a chance to see, um, what's that spy one that they were talking about? Mm. The one that, that they announced out of nowhere. The dog, was it the dog's one, the wild oh. one? Uh, was, that, was that Ubisoft? Yeah, it was. The the, the, the gritty one. It's the third-person shooter? Well, I, I, would I really call it a shooter? I don't know. I don't know. It was a third-person game. It, had, it started with a W. Oh, Watch Dogs. That's what I'm thinking of. So Watch yeah. Dogs, I didn't get a chance to see. Apparently there was some kind of demo. It's just the way they designed these boosts at E3 is a little confusing. <laughs> yeah. Like, I kept thinking, like, I think we've seen everything. And then I find out later, like, oh, we totally missed, like, the Indicate or whatever. Uh, like just a, a very odd setup with the booths, but um, yeah. So we saw that uh, the Assassin's Creed info, and mm-hmm. um, let's see what else was worth seeing. There was a lot of stuff that just was not that great. We actually sat in. We we were almost done for the day, so we decided uh, what what the hell, and just sat in on the old Republic um, demo. Oh, God. Because, <laughs> hey, I, I still subscribe to the game, right? Why? So, no, I, I... Okay, I want to finish the Bounty Hunter saga, at least, before I decide if I want to keep subscribing or not, because I'm, I'm too far into that fucking story to quit on it now. Uh-huh. Anyway, so I was seeing their, their little details for their future updates. Some things sound legitimately cool. Like, I'm actually surprised they're putting so much content in these updates. They're introducing entire new planets, uh, story arcs that everybody can enjoy. They have HK-51 instead of HK-47, um, was it 47, you know, from mm. the first KOTOR. So yeah. basically, I, I don't know if it's actually him and you upgrade him or, or what, which mm. that doesn't make sense because... Somewhat spoiler, you can uh, bump into him in a um, a flashpoint mission. Flashpoint is like one of those group like instanced missions that are you know standalone things. Yeah. Um. Anyway, and and a lot of uh, further customizations and, and that sort of thing, which is cool. But I I was kind of pissed in a way that they purposely had the um, the demo scheduled so that. They went right from their little spiel talking about these updates into going into a hands-on demo of one of the new uh, group battles. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't leave any time for any Q&A. Because <laughs> I, as a subscriber, 
had quite a lot of cues that I wanted to toss their way. <laughs> um, for example, if anybody that is a, a SWOTOR subscriber is listening, they had this um, event a while back called the Rise of the Rat Ghouls, which is a free uh, event that happened, I think it lasted for about a week. And the rewards of uh, being part of that event was you could get this randomly, like a random drop of a customization for one of your companions that made them made them look like they had the rat ghoul virus, which is kind of cool. Now, they fucked up the coolness of that fucking thing <laughs> by um, making it a completely random drop across the board. Like, say, for example, I was only leveling up Bounty Hunter, Scoundrel, or Smuggler, whatever, um, and I think I had a Jedi Knight, but I haven't done anything with him. Um, so I had those three classes, right? Mm-hmm. I ended up getting three fucking identical drops, like this specific girl character companion of, uh, I think, a Sith warrior or something. So they were giving me stuff that I couldn't even apply to the classes I was currently leveling, which was fucking asinine. First of all, that I got multiple ones of a, 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 of a character, which serves no purpose. And you can't trade these things once you get them. They're bound to your, uh, your account, essentially. And then... <laughs> What sucks is my, my boyfriend is a Sith warrior, so I actually got the cool customization for one of his guy companions, and he's like, what the fuck? Because he wasted a lot of the rack ghoul points uh, trying to <laughs> randomly get some for himself, and he, he got the same problem. He got a bunch of customizations for a character he doesn't play, or he never played, more accurately. So I wish I could have told them, look, if you guys are going to do this stuff, give us shit that we can actually use, not make us mad that we spent the time going through uh, the event. Yeah. So, you know, one step forward, two steps back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so so they had a bunch of that stuff. Uh, they, the one cool thing that they did have, did have as a freebie, and one of the people that was watching the demo said, um, I'm not sure if he was accurate or not, but he assumed that this item was available in the collector's edition was this hardbound kind of rectangular book that essentially was, uh, I don't know if, did you watch before the game came out, they had these little videos they would release that was basically um, past events in the Old Republic universe, trying to explain like the history of the Old Republic up to mm-hmm. the point of the game? No. No. Oh. Okay. Know. It was like events like, there'd be one video about like what happened with Revan and Darth mm-hmm. Malak and what happened. Oh, in- what happened between the games? Yes. Okay, yeah, I understand. That's pretty cool, and they were well-drawn and that kind of thing. What I believe the book is, is essentially like a book version of all those stories kind of just put into one nice little journal. It's like the journal of some Jedi. I I don't don't have the thing with me. But it was neat. At first, we thought, oh, you get a free journal. It's going to be like one of those shitty moleskin kind of books or something. We just like Old Republic on the cover. But no, it was pretty awesome. So... um, yeah, I snagged one, and then Chase also snagged one. So, at least something good came out of that demo. <laughs> uh, poor old Republic. Tortanic. Yeah, the Tortanic. It's gonna get butchered as soon as more of these MMOs coming out or come out. There's gonna be the Elder Scrolls MMO that a lot yeah. of people are excited about, but uh, I don't know. Am I the only person that's not excited about an Elder Scrolls MMO? Like. Do I want a ton of other people running around and also looting and pillaging and no. <laughs> destroying everything? I don't know. I've been getting a little more hyped about Mist of Pandaria, to be honest. You know, I used to play really? WoW back in the day. And I am a little bit, just a little bit. Just why? because I'm... Why? <laughs> I don't know. 
I guess that's the, that's the addiction speaking. It's like I think back to like, wow, back in like uh, 2005, you know, I used to have a lot of fun players with my with my friends. But now it's like, oh, wait, they don't play anymore. They're all playing Diablo instead. Well, are you excited for being a panda person? Or are you excited for like, is there more content in there that you actually are interested in? I'm curious because I like to see, I mean, I know that you don't. You're going to completely disagree with me on this, but I like Blizzard's environmental design. Oh, when yeah. When it comes to like zone designs and stuff like that, I know you and I disagree. We can on agree that. to disagree. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like. I, I've always appreciated Blizzard's more cartoonish style well, also, or take on like buildings and stuff like that. It's weird because their their gameplay always feels like slightly car- less so in Diablo, right? But like. Yeah. Still kind of cartoony, but then their cinematics look fucking real. <laughs> so it's like make a choice, you know. Yeah. There's a, a definite uh, dissonance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the word. Playing, that's the word. I've been playing Castlevania, so for some reason that's the first <laughs> fucking thing that popped up. Um, there's is there's definite inequality between what you're seeing in the gameplay. Yeah. And what you're seeing in the cinematic, like it reminds me of Final Fantasy VII kind of thing, like oh, a little block man. Well, it's all not so sense. important in Warcraft because there's very, very, very few cinematics. Right, right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know MMOs. I, I'm getting really tired of clearly the uh, shoehorning either co-op or some kind of online aspect to all these games. Like when Dead Space Three was announced, I was like, oh shit, Dead Space Three. But then it's like, oh, wait, we're going to have live, you know, co-op with Isaac and this other guy, John Carver or something like that. Yeah. And then that's instantly when I'm like, oh, God, this is going to suck. Because <laughs> part of what I felt made Dead Space so scary and so, like, tense is that you're by yourself yeah. in these tight little areas. And, and, like, it's just you versus all these fucking necromorphs. And now, from the demos I've seen on that, like, lost planet kind of planet they're, that they're on, um, <laughs> you know, with all the snow and shit, yeah. uh, a lot of big open areas, huge-ass bosses, and just, it to me, I'm less scared when there's somebody with me. Like, yeah, yeah we can both go, eh, or whatever. I don't even know if there's voice chat for that. But um, it just doesn't feel as, 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 I don't know how to describe it, like, as intense an experience yeah. like it's gonna feel more like oh is this like gears of war or something but with you know yeah necromorph aliens but uh i don't know I, I i'll be happy to be mistaken i'll be happy if they release something that says either you can play by yourself as one of the two guys or that they do have elements that are still scary yeah but so far not not really convincing me this i went is like the perfect segue i don't know if you're gonna say something else but well, this I'll is the perfect say, segue I, in the world I I tried to uh, I tried to go to the Valve Valve quote unquote booth. It yeah. didn't have they didn't have a booth. They were actually upstairs in the little mini cubicle area. Oh no! But I went in there. There's like nothing there. No. They actually did have some cool. I I should have grabbed more, but I didn't think about it. They had these little cards. Like first of all, they had an awesome business card. It's just this black. It looks essentially like the icon for Steam. Like yeah. it's the same shape. Yeah. And it's this kind of felt like uh, cardboard for the for the card, so it's pretty yeah. fucking awesome. On the back, it just has their their URLs like Steamworks, Game Submission, Workshop, and Work at Valve. Yeah. Um, but they had a bunch of these awesome holographic uh, Counter Strike Go uh, cards that had beta keys on them. Man, and, people still play Counter Strike. Well, Holy this shit. is 
the global offensive. Or whatever. I know it's global offensive, but Jesus, I, pff, I talk about a game I haven't thought about in years. Well, my boyfriend's been playing some of it, the the beta, yeah. and I can see how it's fun. It's very, you know, much like the first one. You just kind of pick it up, play it for a bit, and then go off and do other things. It's very easy to just jump into and yeah. just futz around, much like TF2. So, um, yeah, but I was a little disappointed that they didn't have anything. I was wearing a Manco shirt, so I thought it was funny that the receptionist kind of pauses and she goes, nice shirt. <laughs> I was like, well, thank you very much. Give me a job. No, but I didn't say that last part. I didn't say the last part. <laughs> you should give me a job. I, sh- I should have. Oh, you know what? That's really disappointing because I was expecting, you know, God, let's face it. Valve are, Valve are the ultimate. Trolls. Trolls. But that's the and thing. And I was hoping that, like, Gabe, like, you know, there'd be, they'd give, like, a tiny little conference and it'd be, like, not a big deal. They'd be talking about, oh, we're going to release uh, 20 new hats in TF2 this year. Then, and, oh, by the way, they're going to, like, bring Gabe out on a wheelbarrow or something, you know, and have him start talking about, like, have the G-Man go, rise and shine, Mr. Freeman. No. No, but see, that's too straightforward for Vab. Like, they are meta trolls because it's, like, Everyone assumed they were going to troll everyone at E3 by actually having an announcement. But they trolled us by not trolling us. <laughs> any fucking thing to say. They're just there. Damn. I was really hoping there'd be something huge coming out of there. But like I've said before, Valve is Valve. They do whatever. I know, but I know. I know. I'm, I'm, so they I'm, could, I'm, no, they could easily have an announcement, who knows, some other time of the year. Because yeah. they don't give a shit really about E3. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They never really have. No. No, not not this besides like the Half Life Two announcement, which I think was at E three. You know, I don't think that they've really focused on it ever. Yeah, I mean like they had a Left for Dead Two presence when it was coming out, but that yeah. was again at like was it the EA booth or something. It wasn't there wasn't yeah. like a Valve booth for it, so yeah. yeah. But anyway, so slightly disappointing E three. I mean it in general was like previous E threes, but for some reason I was expecting a little it's t- kind of reaching that point where the generation's starting to wear off, so I think that people are starting to focus more on the hardware, which, well, I, which in my opinion, is less exciting. That's something I think might have been the case. Like, we're yeah. on the cusp, we're on the verge of jumping into the next-gen systems. Yeah. Now, like, Nintendo played their hand already, but Xbox and uh, PlayStation still haven't gone all the way yet. Yeah. So I believe next year, my, my prediction, my E3 prediction is that next year's will be crazy, both because of the Wii U already, you know, being there, and also that will probably be the time that they go full-blown, you know, Microsoft and Sony, on uh, what they're going to be offering. Yeah. It's going to be like, you know, when the Wii had that E3 year, and everyone's like, oh my god, yeah. the Wii. Um, but yeah, that should be interesting. But, uh, yeah. So, that's, 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 that's E3. E3. That's the Electronic Entertainment Expo. Yeah. Yeah. But now let's let's talk about something that I find uh, infinitely more interesting. <laughs> oh, really? We should have, man. We should just talk about this the whole time. Thing. It's really yeah, fucking right? three. <laughs> um, no, 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 I. So okay, Colin has been giving me and I believe also David some shit because we had not been playing Journey. Journey came out in what, like March. And I just hadn't been able to get around to it, right? So actually. Yeah. To be fair, there's a ton of games I haven't gotten around to. I I bought Alan Wake and I got maybe like a half hour into it. <laughs> I just realized I still haven't you know done anything else in that game yet. Um, so I acquired it and I finally sat down uh, Wednesday night and played it. And oh lord, 
<laughs> my, what's funny is that is a good old lord my, my boyfriend actually got jealous for some reason that I was so fixated on that game like he would <laughs> periodically come in come in to check on me yeah. and um you know how you can <clears throat> so basically the great thing about Journey is that it's so freeing and like how you want to approach the game mm-hmm. like you can you can play it totally by yourself. You can play it with another companion that you meet along the way, that kind of thing. So I, being you know a social person, found and and bonded with like a, a random companion um, that I that I bumped into. And whenever my boyfriend would come in to check on me, he'd be like, "What?" Because I kept going like, "Oh, we're so cute. We're dancing around. And oh, look, I'm helping him out. He's helping me out. And oh, this is great." And he was like, "What?" Like, pay more attention to me. And I'm like, "No." I have it's not like a two-hour game. You, you don't pay attention to him for two hours. <laughs> that can be kind of bad. Um, no, well, actually, okay. So I think it's a maximum of two hours, but it actually only took me about an hour and a half. Yeah. But that's because me and my companion, my companion and I, were strangely efficient. And I think this is part of the genius that I'm going to get into about Journey. Mm-hmm. Now, that game company, this is the silliest name, but it really works, mm-hmm. I guess. I played Flower, great experience. I haven't played Flow, which was their yeah. first one. But uh, for this one, I, I don't know what I was assuming the game would be like. Because- well, I think that, okay, let, let me tell you a little bit. I, mean, I have to give the audience a little bit of an explanation here. I think the last game suggestion I made to you was probably Yume Nikki. Oh, and I remember your response to it because I'm like, you'll like, you know, I think you'll like this game. It's a little bit and I it's a little farther out there. And you were like, um, what? You didn't get it at all. So I think that, you know, a little tempered your expectations a little bit. Well, the other thing, too, the gameplay itself threw me for a loop at first. Because when you start out, and this isn't a spoiler because it's like the first five minutes, um, you know, you're in this pretty empty desert. You're wandering around. They're very simple with the controls. You can look mm-hmm. around with the either by using the accelerometer, you know, the, the control itself, or uh, moving the second joystick to kind of look around. And you only have really two buttons you focus on. The circle button makes you do a little like chirp, mm-hmm. like a it's it's a noise basically a character does. And the X button, when you're kind of glowy, not normally, but when you're glowy, lets you yeah. jump up. And if you tap it again, you kind of do like a little floating fly move, which yeah. is awesome. Now, it's really pretty the way the like the robe animation is beautiful. Yeah, and the way it sounds, the sound design in this game was phenomenal. I it's think. it's very much about wind and yeah. uh, the environment and weather and how that kind of affects your character as you move through these different uh, uh, not levels like these different parts of the world because like it's not almost. unlike unlike what I initially thought. It's not all desert. You'll go into different kind of like caverns and mountains and all kinds of... It's like a salt mine almost. It's really pretty. It's eerily pretty. Yeah. Um, And so when you first start out and you're getting acquainted with these really simple controls, you think like, okay, I I get it. When I see these little flying red banners or whatever, if I do the, the chime thing near them, oh, it lets me fly up higher. Okay, whatever. So at first, I was like... You know, it's an interesting enough game, but I don't really see what the hype is about. <laughs> and, and then, then I saw another me, and I was like, "Huh, okay." So I went over to it, and I realized, "Oh, this is what people were talking about." The genius of what they do with these characters is that there's no name. You don't see like the PSN handle of the other person. You can't really talk to the other person, and so it's basically like a little mirror of you in a way. 
Because you can kind of chirp to each other, which is funny because at a certain point we were like, if you tap it, it makes like a little t smaller or shorter chirp or whatever. So we would kind of try to communicate with a series of like chirps, like yeah. as if we were talking and stuff. So it was, it was kind of cute. But um, the magic of it for me, and your mileage may vary because if you're an asshole or the other character's an asshole, maybe you won't have the greatest experience, is that we felt this need to help each other yeah like it's two people an unspoken understanding like oh this guy fell wait let me go back and help him or i fell and he came back and helped me or we waited for the other person to catch up or we flew through the air together and it's an extremely extremely beautiful thing and it's not something you can even though I'm, I'm trying to explain it in words it's not something you can explain in words it's something you really feel and i I swear, please do not, do not watch any Let's Play videos of it. Do not watch anything that spoils, spoils going, you about Going it. cold into this game was probably one of the best things I ever did. Yeah. Uh, what I'm telling you may or may not already be too much information, but um, yeah. do not, uh, just go into it and, and just kind of let the experience guide you. And it's, it's the most amazing, natural feeling game experience I think I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Like, you kind of learn as you go what's dangerous, what's not, kind of what direction you should be going in. Uh, and you get this feel that your your companion person also gets this, too. And um, from my understanding it, uh, of it, um, you could play the whole thing by yourself if you yeah, wanted. Yeah, I, I did. I ended up doing that now because I think that I was, had a shitty network connection at the time, yeah. and I couldn't really play with anybody for a long period of time. And, but. And, and you also aren't confined to just that one companion. There are some people that don't play the whole thing in one sitting, yeah. so it saves at certain points. And you can load up a game, you know, in a, a week from now or whatever, and find a brand new companion and, and continue from wherever you left off. So yeah. it's, it's really nice that way. Um, but uh, the neat part of not having a companion companion is from my understanding that you also get a different facet of that experience because you're by yourself so um actually have you you played it with a companion right no i'm a little bit i played mostly by myself actually. you should try you should try a playthrough. well and when I, I don't have a playstation so you know one, my friend has one i played it in new york with another friend of mine um, but you know my and friend here yeah there's supposedly a way to do it so that you could actually play with like a real friend that you know but i don't recommend it I don't want to do that. Because I don't want to do that. I, I think yeah, you, you're right. You're exactly right. That the beauty in this thing is that you don't. There's no no name. You can't talk to them. You can't communicate with them yeah. besides pushing down the circle button. Because otherwise, it turns into just kind of another co-op yeah. game. Because you already know the person, or you're actually speaking to the person, or whatever. But there's something wonderful about this because it, in some ways, reveals to you like the true nature of that person you're playing with and in a way yourself like are you that companion that will help out other people and then seeing that potentially returned back to you is actually a very reassuring thing you know with so many awful things about the world these days and how people can be so terrible and stuff it's it in a, in a weird way it's, it's almost awe-inspiring how you can play a simple game like this and have somebody strive to to meet the goals with you and go to the same place as you and make sure that you make it there with them. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know, like, the music, the, God, the music, the, the imagery is beautiful, but there's something magical about the way that that kind of violin-infused, orchestrated, 
music. It was mostly cello. The cello was a really strong point. Oh, was it cello? Okay. It was, yeah, it was the, the cello. That, sorry, how that, it was a woman. How that fits with uh, what's happening on the screen is so fucking magical. <laughs> That even I, I instantly bought the soundtrack on iTunes right afterwards, and I recommend everyone else do it. It's only four ninety nine, which is it's only five bucks for a full length album. So yeah, it's eighteen tracks, and yeah. the, the last track is gorgeous. But um, there's there's something about the experience that even when you think back on it, it, it's particularly fresh and recent for me. So it's probably more of an effect. But you almost get that weird lump in the back of your throat just thinking about it. <laughs> It's like, oh god, that did happen. Like, I've never been that affected by. I mean, there, I'm not saying there aren't games that make you either cry or feel really s- s- one way or the, another for a character, but there's something about this that it's so simple that it actually kind of reflects something about you as you're playing it. So mm-hmm. it, it it gives you a more intense and more personal reaction to to the overall game than than I think any other game that I've ever played before. I. I flat, I flat out cried at the end of the game. Yeah, I, I did too, actually. It's, it's. I, I, I think that and I don't know about you, but like this game. I mean, I, me and Iggy have talked about some things that have happened to me in the past year, and I don't really need to get into it um, here. I think, but like playing this game in particular, and like hearing you explain like more the like the the, the companion philosophy behind, it, which I haven't really thought about in too in depth. I thought about more like the environment and the story itself right. rather than the mechanics of the game but it's like I sit here and think about it. like hearing you say that it's like god damn it's like yeah. this game I, I've, I've never ever been this emotionally affected by a game not once but that's that's the magical quality of like I was saying before whether you choose to, to take that journey with a companion or you take it with yourself because mm-hmm. a lot of people that have mentioned taking it by themselves you get this really intense deep solitary feel apparently if you do it with yourself as opposed to that really connective emotion of of doing it with with another person and mm-hmm. i think those are both excellent that not one one is not better than the other they're both excellent and they actually both lend themselves well to replayability um mm-hmm. and at the end like it actually shows you Whoever, like, finally, once the real experience is over, you get to see what the PSN handle it was of, of whoever it was. And I'm actually glad that they do it at the very end because you don't want someone that's like fart like, knocker. Like, like X420 Elite Sniper. Yeah, yeah. X, 420 yeah. Fart Knocker or something yeah. was your companion. And you're like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it, it's, it's really, it's really, really something. And right after I finished, I actually started trying to look up people's reviews. And there was a couple of video reviews on YouTube that people had. Where it's like grown men almost crying, just talking about how they felt about the game. And it's, a, it, it's something so rare, so incredibly rare for a video game. Not to mention, I mean, especially now, since everybody's very samey and very, you know, blockbuster yeah, the, the, action. The, the, I think that's part of the reason that this affected me so much. That this, not only about the personal shit in my life that I feel that this game really spoke to me, like, on a personal level, but, like, the way this game, like, goes against the grain in pretty much every sort of way compared to pretty much every game I've played in the past five years. It is completely antithetical to Halo, to Call of Duty, to Battlefield, to all the other samey bullshit that's been coming out these past couple years. I I mean, I I completely recommend that people play it. However, I will add the the caveat, the the disclaimer, 
that um, just because I'm speaking volumes about it does not mean that you are immediately guaranteed to fall head over heels in love with it because I know there's people that as soon as someone goes like oh my god this is the game to end all games they're already going to have that bias in their head like mm. let's see how good this game is and if you go into it with with crazy expectations or trying to not you're going like to be it, disappointed exactly you will be disappointed just go into it get journey go into it with an open mind just see, like, as if, remember when you were, like, a kid and you had your Nintendo and you didn't know what the hell the game would be like when you bought it? You just thought it was cool on the front yeah. on the front cover or whatever. Like, yeah. go into it fresh-faced, you know, like, like a child, like, accepting of whatever without, it has to without, give you. Without your animosity and without your, uh, without, like, your prejudice and without all your cynicism. Like, I shed that. Like, in the first hour, I'm like... Oh yeah, okay, so blah. But like, the more the game went on, like the more I shed all that crap off me, right. like melted away. It was beautiful. The the thing is, give it a chance. And I I will say, it may affect certain people more than others. Like I'm not, I'm not religious, right? But I'm not an atheist either. I'd yeah. say I'm I'm kind of a spiritual person in the sense mm -hmm. that you know, not like I talk about auras and shit. <laughs> Yeah. But like there is a spiritual side to how, how I think about some things and I know if you tend to be a bit more of a spiritual person than a, a very kind of basic and like super realist type of person you may actually get quite a bit more out of this game. Oh, I disagree. I'm a complete realist. Really? Yeah, I disagree. Like this... Like, I didn't take any of that message away well, from it at all. I took a message away of... Um, the way I looked at it, man, I don't know how to do this. Though. Maybe we should have a spoiler alert. Well, let's 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 do an, a spoiler alert maybe next week when we actually yeah. have more time to think about. It. But I think you, you know you might be onto something because much like the whole companion versus solitary quest thing, the other thing that Journey does well is it gives you the bare bare minimum of a story, almost mm. not a story at all at all in some ways. But it's more a, like a backstory. There's no story about a backstory, but also kind of a feeling. And yeah. I think the feeling is what can be interpreted in many different ways. I am interpreting a lot of it as a spiritual thing. Mm -hmm. I can see how you would interpret it as a different thing, but I think that's the great part about it is that it gives you just enough that you can kind of run with it, and and have your own experience. And and that's an amazing thing. I I know it has a lot of replayability. This is probably the last thing I'll say, but. <laughs> Because it did affect me so much, I'm kind of not in a hurry to play it again for a while. <laughs> because... I haven't played it in two months, and I'm just I'm itching. I'm really dying to play it now, especially since you came back with it. Yeah. I was a little worried. I was worried you're gonna go. Oh, it was okay. But no, man, no, no. When you, when you came back to me, and you're like, "This is this this like you know, like when I heard you were about to cry, I'm like, yes, it's perfect. <laughs> this is exactly what I wanted to hear." Um, but yeah, there's there's something. That, yeah, there's just something inexplicable. About like I love how it lets you guide what you're doing. Like it, it's not you know like those typical games that's like here's a tutorial level and here's your objective and here's there's no real clear objective. You kind of have a sense of what it is. Yeah. But you it, see uh, the mountain right at the beginning of the game. It's like okay, go right. here. That's, that's pretty much all it says. It's like go here and you do that. Yeah, exactly. That's the most base obje objective. But because the the mountain is so far away and it's in such a haze and that kind of thing, you realize just starting out like I have no idea how to get there. 
I guess I'll just keep going straight and see what happens, but you can't always go straight, you know? So it, it kind of opens up into this really unexpected experience, which is fantastic. But um, it's funny, you know, now you mentioned it's like at the beginning of the game, it's like, yeah, the mountain guided me, but then like, I didn't think about the mountain until like the very end of the game after that. Yeah. Like in that whole middle part of the game, it's like, I was just taking in everything. You like, have, not necessarily for the mountain itself, I mean, although it's it kind of comes up from time to time, you feel this compulsion just to continue. Like in the yeah. in the most general sense of the word like i have i just have to continue i have to keep going i can't stop i can't turn back i mean you technically could because you could just yeah. go where the hell you want but you do feel this innate sense like i want to continue and probably more so when you have a companion just because you i i kept getting this it's bizarre like i kept getting this weird feeling like i don't want to let the other guy down and i don't want to leave the game i want to make sure we both make it there together and um, it's just really remarkable. Like, it's something that I... It's it's such a tough sell for my parents to, like, get them into games. But I, I really wish I could try to make my mom play Journey. Just yeah. so that she... To see what her reaction would be. Mm-hmm. It, it's sort of like... Um, the reason why I said I didn't want to play it again, maybe for a while, is because it's sort of like when you see one of those really... Uh, thought-provoking or emotional movies or books that you read and it leaves such an impression on you that it almost kind of hurts you're like oh god i can't i just can't go back to it again you're like feelings you know like i can't i can't (laughs) hold all these feels yeah um like but i mean and it's and it's so many different feelings at once like it's not just one feeling like you think about like why it's making you feel as intense as it does and you're like oh it's because of all these different things not just one particular thing and um, that's so effective because... It, yeah, it was, it was something that's like... It was so... It was intensely beautiful, but it was intensely beautiful, like... I'm trying to think. It's like if... In a very unconventional way. It's like if you are in love with somebody very deeply and you want them to be happy, but you know you can't be with them, right? Yeah. It's like that sort of thing. It's like that sort of beautiful. It's like... There's, you know, your, 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 your feelings are so strong, it's like, yeah. that it, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's very strong, it's very heart-wrenching, at least yeah. in my interpretation, it's it's incredibly bittersweet, because yeah. you have that sort of painful twinge, but then you also have like a hopeful feeling at the same time as you're playing. Yeah. And it sounds so bizarre to say, because it's like, how can you get all this shit out of a game? Two-hour game, nonetheless. Yeah, but, two hours. but truly, <laughs> you get what you put into it. Yeah. If you're going to be a troll, or if you're not going to take it seriously, honestly, you probably should just stay away. Because I, I would hate for Please you Please stay away. I would hate for you to ruin someone else's experience on Journey yeah. um, in that way. But um, if you if you are willing... Here's here's my selling... My little selling section to you. Like, I, if I was trying to sell this game to you. If you are open-minded, and you've been really tired of games these days, not really... Uh, being thought-provoking enough or feeling kind of hollow or samey or just not offering you that that's that little bite of something fresh that you've been craving i recommend you try journey i know somebody's gonna give us shit because it's like oh a two-hour game for 14.99 no 
I don't even fucking care. They people, could like have a hundred dollars and people, I would still love this game. People pay more than that for a two-hour movie, which sometimes is much worse than 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 any of the typical games that are out there. So you're actually getting an incredible value for your money in what you emotionally retrieve from it. Like it's, I'm I'm not understating this when I say that. Yeah, I don't want people to think that we're being like pretentious or no, that no. that that my hipster is shining through no. or that like no, I mean I, I I cannot emphasize enough that I cannot emphasize enough first the fact that yeah, I know I'm a hipster when it comes to video <laughs> games. And well, I can't I, emphasize I'm, I'm enough saying. like how I can't emphasize enough how how outside the realm of uh, conventional opinion this is for me because like I said if you know the show if you know how I react to some games you know how vehemently angry I can get not just at the game itself or at the developers but like at the state of the industry itself this is something that makes me feel better not just about you know about Genova Chen or about that game company yeah it makes me feel better about the industry that it can go in the right direction that there are people in this industry that actually give a shit about video games and they give a shit about you know how thoughtful and beautiful they can be. You know, this this, I, this is this we we talk about games as art once in a while. You know that people on 4chan get in this argument, and it always turns into something about you know you just being pretentious. Why does it have to be art? It's like it's not that it has to be art; it's that it has the capability to be art. This is a game that fully, fully fucking demonstrates that video games can be art. I want to take this game. I want to drive it to Chicago, and I want to put it on Ebert's, Ebert's plate. I was gonna say, that's exactly what I was going to say. I was like, with all his complaints about video games not being I love Ebert to if, death. I love Ebert to death. If, I'm somebody, if somebody could make him play this game, and not with whatever chip on his shoulder he would probably have while playing it, I think it would completely shatter his beliefs about video games not being art. Like, yeah. guaranteed, I would bet a I would put $100 on it. Yes. I would put $100 on that. But that's uh, that's our recommendation for the the year. Like you have got, uh, you know, I'm 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 preempting myself. It's only halfway through the year. I'm 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 gonna say it right now. Mark my words. Game of the year, 2012. I think. <laughs> so I'm well, I'm saying it right now. We'll see what comes. Well, I was I was worried mean, it might be Bioshock. You mean for companies, or you what? mean just your personal game of the no, year? No, I mean my personal game of the year. Oh, no, no, no. See, here's the thing. Without a doubt, as much as you've heard me say I adore Assassin's Creed and all these other games, Bioshock, just from what I've gotten from this game, yeah. I have no doubt in my mind that I will still call it Game of the Year at the end of the year. Not because of graphics, not because of, you know, Which gameplay. Are Which but, is also beautiful. <laughs> yeah, but because of the overall experience I received yeah. from it. I'm not saying, I mean, all the action games that I will still be shelling out my money for in, in October and November are going to be awesome games. But yeah. I can guarantee you that with their, you know, their in-your-face story or their uh, really, you know, cookie-cutter uh, presentation, they are not going to get anywhere close to giving you this weird personal feel. It, and it's very personal. This is, this is the sort of game, I think, where, like, numerical grading systems, which people seem to fucking love nowadays. It doesn't apply. It doesn't apply to this game. No, nothing applies to this game, and I, God, I can't, I can't emphasize enough how much of a hipster I probably sound like, and how pretentious we both sound. Like, I, I, I wonder if, I wonder if, funny. like, I wonder, I wonder if, like, if listeners like were listening to me in the past week saying Journey's such a good game, you need to try it, and whether you're sitting there like, oh, Colin's just like blowing, you know, like tooting a horn again. No, but this here's, is here's the thing. Here's here's the indication that it's a good game because anybody that's listened to our podcast for a while, while knows how 
into mainstream games I am. Like, every time yeah. I talk about it, it's something that's clearly, like, AAA title, something that's very obvious, uh, action, third-person shooter, first-person shooter, whatever, fighting mm -hmm. game. But, um... Me, myself, like, probably other people, every now and then you get that little urge within you to, like, I, I want something different. I want something that'll either really make me think or kind of change my my expectations of what a game can be. And this does it in spades. So I'm very appreciative, uh, appreciative for a company that will try different things like this. Now, I did not have nearly the same reactions with Flower. Flower was very beautiful and very calming and that sort of thing, but it didn't hit me quite as hard. I played Limbo. Limbo was kind of interesting for its, you know, its, its, its tone and and it made me feel a little bit sad, but nowhere near the same as this. Like, this is a whole nother level. And I, I think some of it may have been slightly accidental, because I was reading some stuff about uh, Genova Chen, and they're saying with their testing, they found out through human nature that some of the gameplay elements they made either didn't work, or that things they hadn't even considered worked really well. So some of this is just really good almost like psychological understanding of like human nature and applying it to game experience. Yeah. So the um, last thing I'm going to say, please try it. It's, it's incredible value for your dollar, especially in a day and age where like you'll pay at least that much just for a bunch of map packs for a game or something. God, fuck that noise. You know? Now or, you're making me miss. You look, now you're like tearing me away from all the beautiful feelings sorry. I felt. Not, no, but I'm just trying to reinforce it's, it's, yeah very worthwhile extremely it is play journey it, everybody god play journey please buy the soundtrack uh, i'm in a good mood right now let's go this is the first time i've been in a good mood <laughs> See, at the end of the podcast it's, it's the magic of this game <laughs> i i ladies and gentlemen i am not mad at video games right now <laughs> yay oh man all right well i'm gonna i'm gonna end it quick before he says anything dumb so uh, have a great week, guys. Thanks for listening to our E3 and Journey wrap-up. And we'll see you next week. Uh, oh, okay. Wait, so, we, got our, we got all our stuff. Yes, God damn it! I have to tell you how you can reach us. If you have a Journey story, I would fucking love to hear it. Um, or, or anything else that we've talked about this week, please uh, contact us. We have an email address, which is nameofgamepodcast at gmail.com. We have a Twitter, which is at in the name of game at being the little, you know, at symbol. And uh, we have, who knows, some people don't get that part. Um, we have a website, uh, in the name of game.com. We are also on iTunes, which you'll essentially get the same streams. Yeah. So um, you can well, leave I think, I think I think to get everybody started on their journey stories, I'm going to post mine on the Facebook page. I wrote a quasi-fictionalized one. Wait, but does that have spoilers in it? It does have spoilers, so yeah, I'll, I'll you know I'll mark it with spoilers. I'll make sure to warn people. If you haven't played the game, play the game first and then read this. This is my like I said, this game affected me. I think Iggy was a little different experience. This affected me in a very, very, very personal level. This is a very, very, very personal interpretation of what I think Journey is all about. But I'll post that up. Yes, there are spoilers. So play the game first, then read it. Yeah, that's yeah. just to get you guys started. Exactly. So in the meantime, hope you guys have fun with your games for this week. Try to play Journey if you can, and we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Yep.